Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Peck. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Well, welcome to this next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. And And I'm Todd Isburner. And we are so grateful that you're going to take some time to join us because it is going to be worth it. You're going to be able to really relate with who our guest is and what she's gone through. And I'm just wondering, Wendy, Uh do you think we've got any control freaks that are listening in today? Well, we have one speaking. (laughs) (laughs) We have two speaking here. Okay, okay. We both admit... Before the world, we a are control bit, freaks. A little bit. We're doing better. But uh, yeah, are you a control freak? If so, this show is for you. Um, you know, here's a question. Do you work hard at trying to fix and control situations? Maybe you find yourself even fretting and striving way too much, so much that it interferes with taking next steps in life. Now, our guest has had numerous breakthroughs, and one most recently involved a loved one with Alzheimer's. And so we're going to hear more about that in just a moment. Um, how she dealt with it. And uh, it actually prompted her to write a book. I love that because this is where books come from out of our life experience. And she has many breakthroughs in her life and many experiences, but this kind of led to a book that I think we're all going to be able to relate to. (laughs) It's how to get your ducks in a row. Yeah. Well, that's that's what it's about. (laughs) It's getting my ducks in a row Mm -hmm. and other stories of faith, which is a great title. But with that, let me read, uh, Gay Linfer's bio. Um, She is um, a dear friend of mine as well, but I want to read her bio because um, she is someone you want to know more about. So whether she's speaking at women's conferences or retreats, blogging or writing books, Gay is not afraid to poke fun at her own mishaps. No, she's not. Uh, She brings a blend of Bible teaching, life stories, and lots of humor. Gay started her own company after a successful leadership career in corporate America. She served as the Midwest Regional Director for Christian Women in Media and is past president of the National Speakers Association for the Minnesota Chapter. Her most recent book, as we mentioned, Getting My Ducks in a Row and Other Stories of Faith, reminds us that when we don't have our act together, which for a lot of us is much of the time, (laughs) when we can't even find our ducks and getting them in a row seems like mission impossible, God is faithful. We can stop fixing, fretting, and striving. Gay will encourage your soul, refresh your faith, and give you something to giggle about. So with that, we welcome Gay Lenfors to the show. Welcome, Gay. Hey there. Hey there. Aren't you guys guys fun? Oh, you're fun. You are fun. (laughs) We only have fun with people 
who are fun to have fun with. How's that sound? <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> you are so right about that. Gabe, really, uh, just thank you for taking the time today. And I've, I've enjoyed watching you, your relationship with Wendy over the years grow deeper. And uh, it's it's fun to see the two of you support each other in prayer and yeah. lots of laughter. Yep. Uh, and we're just really anxious for our listeners to be able to kind of dig down here more about your story, because I think there's components of what you've been through that are going to be very relatable and very helpful. Yes. Yeah, especially during this time, Gay, um, I think about... Uh, first, we always bring in our guest with their faith breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And so um, with that, I don't even know that I know this story. So I'm excited to hear about your faith breakthrough. Sure. Well, I my home was in a little town in northwestern Minnesota called Climax, Minnesota. 300 people. My parents were teachers and farmers. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Did you say th population 300? Well, 310 to be exact, but who's counting, right? <laughs> okay. Okay. That, yes. that is wild. Really? That's, I mean, our neighborhood is it bigger is. than that. So, yeah. All right. So yeah. 310 people in town there yeah. growing up in Climax, Minnesota. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Loved it. I, I, I loved growing up there. So my parents loved the Lord and they taught us about Jesus from a young age. And, um, and when we were very little, they started bringing us to a Bible camp called Camp Joy. Isn't that a wonderful name? Wow, yeah. perfect Camp for you. Camp Joy, yes, in central Minnesota. And we grew up there, and that is the place growing up that really formed my faith, along with mm -hmm. my parents. It's there where I dedicated my heart to Jesus and just continued growing up. And as, as I got older, I knew that I wanted to serve the Lord, and um, mm -hmm. I went to a missionary training center. I decided I wanted the corporate world to be my mission field and had a... Um, Moved into corporate positions, nonprofit. And along the way, as I got older, I realized my faith journey needs to include reconciling the real world with what I've been taught in the Bible. Because mm -hmm. sometimes God is good, God is faithful. You don't see that in the real world. So in my growing up years, it's been reconciling that. Mm -hmm. I love the Lord. Mm -hmm. I love that gay. I'm Go curious ahead. because you you felt that um, like a calling into the professional business world to share your faith. Uh, how did how did that work itself out? It's not like you can just go around handing out Bibles in the corporate right. world. So how, I mean, you could. So you just how, might you get fired. That's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. So, mm -hmm. so how did you walk that out? Yeah. So I went to one year of college and then I went to a missionary training center. Mm -hmm. And in my third year there, I was sent on an internship to New York um, State where I worked in a teen challenge for girls home. And I was the executive assistant to the corporate director. And it was there that I realized I love the business world. I love doing this. And I think there's a way I can do both. So I went into the business world instead of going to a, a foreign country. And there I realized the best way is to just show up and give people something attractive to get interested in about my faith rather than, you know, standing, handing out Bibles, as you said, mm -hmm. Wendy, how am I showing up at work? Am I showing up with joy? Am I showing up faithful? Am I showing up, um, being true and being fair. So that's how I lived it out. I love Character. that. Character. I love that. And mm -hmm. I know there are some who are listening right now that there's just like, oh yeah, maybe <laughs> that's the way to go about doing it. But yeah, showing <laughs> up and showing the character of Christ in your thinking, in your actions, in your words. I think sometimes that has greater power than just handing somebody a book. Mm -hmm. uh, I think mm -hmm. about I agree. 
I have to insert this because it, because Gay will know this uh, comment from this this quote, famous quote. You're looking right more as God than Todd. No, no. Oh, that's true. Though. That that's is a good true. One. I was thinking more about the one that Saint Francis. Said. Oh, okay. I don't think Saint Francis had that. That was your dad. He wanted that. to. <laughs> Yet all times we are to witness for the Lord, if necessary, use words. And I love that because that really keeps I a, do too. keeps us true and honest. So well, and and I yeah. have to insert because I've known Gay for a long time. Um, she is the real deal, yeah. and yeah. she goes yeah. the extra mile. Um, and it's just you know I don't. It's not something you force. It's just who you are. I mean, you go the extra mile yeah. in writing sweet little notes. You you are 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 there to encourage. You're an encourager. You mm. are a Thank born you. encourager, and so I appreciate that um, about you in my life, and I know others do too. But I'm um, speaking of encouragement. Yeah. Um, how have you needed encouragement yourself, especially yeah. as we go into this next breakthrough that you have recently uh, been through in your life with your mom and with mm-hmm. Alzheimer's? Let's talk a little bit about that scenario and how you went through the process, how you and, and your husband, Steve, and your family mm-hmm. all manipulated and worked through it. And how did you see God through it all? Oh, I'd love to share that. And can I just say to our listeners out there who may be dealing with elderly parents who are ill or especially Alzheimer's and dementia, which is so close to my heart, there is hope, friends. There is hope. And we aren't alone on this journey. We just are not alone. So um, I started my own company about 17 years ago. So I worked out of my home office. So my dad died about 16 years ago and mom moved down here and lived in an apartment not far from us. And about seven years ago, um, we realized her health was getting a little more um, tricky and she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I remember the day um, they called and said she really needs 24-7 care, not because she was so lost, but because we weren't sure when will she, you know, kind of start doing things. So um, seven years ago, my sisters and I, my two sisters and I made the decision we need to stay with mom in her apartment full time, 24 seven, because I lived the closest. I worked out of my home. I I was the primary caregiver and I um, and I was at her house the most. So we would stay there and I would come home, Steve, um, I'd come home, try and get home in the morning and bring him a cup of coffee. And we'd quick have a short conversation. Then I'd go back to mom's and a couple times a week, of course, he'd come over and visit mom. And my, one of my sisters would come um, a couple days each week. So I'd be home for a couple days, but we did that for six years. Um, wow. I wow. really was more at mom's and I lived out of a little carry on bag at home. Bag lady. Remember we talked about the bag lady. So you literally were spending nights there, days mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and then popping back home. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. real curious. I just have to stop for a second because what was Steve's initial reaction when you said, I've got to stay with mom? I, I mean, how did you help him work that through? Or did you need to? He he is a saint in blue jeans. Wow. I'm not kidding you. Oh, He's I love a that. saint in blue jeans. He said, whatever we need to do. Oh. Now, what's interesting is just a couple weeks before we got that news from the doctor, he retired. Oh. So he was just starting his retirement. And I was saying, yeah, well, I'm going to live with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Happy retirement. Yeah, Happy retirement. Generally, that happens more in the early stages of life when you're not getting yeah. along. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, wow. so yeah, so he was, he was cool about it. I mean, he just Beautiful. showed me so much, 
so much grace. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. And what uh, a testament to uh, his his love for your you through mm-hmm. um, allowing this to not be uh, an issue in your marriage, you know, right. what I mean? and to love right. your mother um, and, and the whole family in this capacity, I think is, well, is grace. Both of you made a decision to put mm-hmm. others first. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is such an important lesson for us. And it's so hard to do because we all have our own individual needs. And we, we sometimes I think begin to stray off course when mm-hmm. others' needs become more important than ours, and we feel a little um, left out, if I could say it that way. Mm-hmm. But in a marriage like that, especially I'm talking to husbands, right? I'm talking to me right now, okay? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. God makes it really clear husbands were to lay down our lives for our wives, mm-hmm. just as Jesus did for us. And that's a great example of Steve literally doing that, just letting letting you do what you needed to do and putting himself uh you know, second. So I love that. Yeah. Great testimony. And you know, it's interesting because during that time, a lot of people would say to me, especially at the end when mom's memory was really starting to get a lot worse, Mm -hmm. people would tell me, and they were right, you will never regret doing this gig Mm -hmm. for your mom. Mm -hmm. And I would agree, but in my heart and in my mind, Todd and Wendy, I would think, but will I regret what this means for Steve? Mm -hmm. You know, there's always that. Mm -hmm. I was always conscious of, we are making an intentional choice here and it, who knows how we could be doing this for a really long time, you know, who knows, but I always thought, I hope I don't regret that. And and now that mom has passed and we've been able to spend a few months together, which is really different for us, yeah. uh, it's, it's great. It, uh, there are no regrets. There are no regrets. You know, God restores and he redeems the time. Yeah. And I, I think just off camera and off mic here, um, speaking with you, that's what God is doing right now for you and Steve mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is, um, is just restoring that. And I just think it's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank so you. during um, the time with your mom and, and with the Alzheimer's and as she progressed um, and you were there in her home and, and you and your sisters were going back and forth and such, um, you said to the listeners, you know, there is hope you're not alone. Did you have some uh, support groups that you would go to? You know, tell me that kind of thing uh, as far as walking it out. I didn't go to a support group. Um, and part of, I wish I, some, sometimes I wish I would have, but there was a part of me that thought it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And it also goes back to, but you know what? I can take care of this. Right. I can control this. I can fix this. This mm-hmm. is something, you know, I can do. When I left corporate America, I was um, to start my own company. I was director of human resources at what was then Northwest Airlines, now mm-hmm. Delta Airlines. Mm-hmm. And I led an HR team that supported 11,000 employees. So I knew how to take care of big problems, you know, big projects, you know, big teams. So I thought I can I can do this. This is mom. (laughs) Well, forget that noise. (laughs) You know, it's a little different when you're dealing with someone you care about and their mind. And, um, Mm -hmm. but I had my two sisters and the three of us. um, I had you, Wendy, as my prayer partner. I'd sit in mom's one of her bedrooms in her apartment and we'd pray once Mm -hmm. a week. And I also had a group of lady friends that we got together once a month and, um, and just for fun. So that was my to keep you sane. Yes. Keep you sane. Yes. Right. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. So and you're I, caring mm-hmm. so you're caring for your mom and there had to be days where um because you're capable and experienced in taking control over situations. There had to be days where it just simply 
was out of your control. You, mm-hmm. you, couldn't, you couldn't help your mom in the way that you wish you could help her, or you couldn't help mm-hmm. the situation that you were in with your mom. Mm-hmm. So what was, how'd you handle that? What was, your, mm-hmm. what was your resource? What was your go-to to get through those kinds of days? Mm-hmm. How did you self-discipline yourself? And sleepless nights. Yeah. Right. Um, I would usually call one of my sisters or I would, um, Steve would, I would always come home and talk with Steve about how things were going. So I had support there, but also I just kept striving at it. I Mm. just kept working at, I need to do this. So I was working full time in my consulting business out of mom's living room. I'd sit on a little card table looking at her and she'd sit and look at me. And, you know, I'd be on a conference call doing an interview with someone, you know, and mom would, I gotta go potty. I said, you know, and then I'd try and give her that not now, yeah. you know, but, um, you know, so she, so we, we, that's yeah. just how we did it. I just kept, unfortunately, I just kept striving and working at it, which. Unfortunately and fortunately. In a way, yes. right? Fortunately, I could do it, mm-hmm. you know, and then unfortunately, because then at the end, I just couldn't do it anymore and had to really shut down the consulting fast mm-hmm. um, in order to be present with her full time and then realized, wow, I can't fix Alzheimer's. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't fix someone's brain. I can't control this. As we started realizing we needed to move her into hospice and so on, I re- I thought, wow, this beat me. I, mm. I couldn't fix this. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just, I'm curious how you were able to handle uh, the reality of your striving, not getting anything really accomplished that you were hoping for. How, what, what were your emotions like? What, what was going on inside yeah. your soul when you hit this point of saying, I'm striving, striving, striving. It's just not working. What was the impact of that on you? A couple of wall hits, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, during the time that mom was still with us, I would I shut it down and I just kept going. It was after she died and then home with Steve the consulting work had gone away and we hit this pandemic. So there was no speaking. There was nothing like that. So I was home with Steve. And that was the first moment I had to really start, first of all, grieving mom's death. Mm -hmm. And then to start realizing I have to give up this need to control and strive and fix because there was nothing in front of me to control or fix. So I, how do I do that? So I realized I needed to do a couple different things. One of the first things I did was um, spent more time studying the Bible, not just reading a verse, but really studying what is God saying to me in this and how am I going to apply it rather than will this make me feel better? Mm. The second thing I had to do was really change how I prayed. So for the last so many years, a lot of my prayer were, a lot of my prayers were, help me get through this day. Just show me what to do for mom. Give, you know, give me the energy to, to, to get done what needs to get done. Now I realized, and so it was always about help me, help me, help Mm -hmm. me. And now I realized my prayers needed a change to, I'm in this mess. I cannot get things, my act together. I cannot get my ducks in a row. So Jesus, show me how to live in it. Mm -hmm. As we're moving towards whatever it is you're asking me to do or calling me to do, show me how to live in this. And so it was my Bible study and, and 
I started praying differently. And that to go back to an earlier question, Todd, that you asked, that was that was a breakthrough for me this year. Mm. It changed how I spent it changes how it changed my relationship with God. Beautiful. I, I love the fact that you did not give up on trying to find out how do I let go? How do I stop this mm-hmm. driving? Because it's one thing to do that early in life, right? Mm-hmm. But we're, we're all a little bit older and you've been through a lot of life and to ask God to help you learn that process at a later stage in life is so commendable and encouraging, especially for a guy like me, because when you're talking about changing your prayers and asking Jesus to show you how to maneuver within the situation versus just, just take it away. Like all kinds of things are coming to my mind right now in my own life and perhaps in the listeners' lives about, oh yeah, I I think I need to change the way I'm praying. That's beautiful. It's a great lesson. Well, you know, that verse in Isaiah 43, I think it's Isaiah 43 that says, behold, I am doing, don't look at the past. Don't keep looking behind you. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Right, Mm -hmm. Wendy. Mm -hmm. I wrote several years ago, I wrote in my Bible next to that verse, I am not too old. I love that. Because I think sometimes when we get to be our beautiful age, right, we tend to think, yeah, but... I'm so tired of hearing someone say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. First of all, I'm not an old dog. And yes, I, you, you give me a trick, I will learn it because I can do it, right? Hey, hey you're Attica doing girl. burpees now, Gay, I'm so you can't. Wow. No, 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 here's the deal. So so Gay went through the Visibly Fit seven-week program, right? And yes. she yes. had some serious breakthroughs there and released um, quite a bit of weight and all yes. kinds of wonderful things. But she had a breakthrough in the kitchen because I remember she's like, I can't even boil water. And yes. now she's like, you know, slinging pots around. She's like making up all kinds of stuff. Wow. So breakthroughs everywhere, sister. There are. Well, Wendy, I remember when I started your program and you sent me, here's what, here's your menu plan. Uh-huh. And I looked at it and I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but for the first time I realized I'm going to need to cook. <laughs> I called you crying. I said, yeah. Wendy, I can't, oh. I don't, I don't cook. I right. can't. And you said, yes, gay, you can, and you will. And I did. Yes, how. And yes. That's yes. awesome. And I had just a, just a funny story to that. Yes. So this year during the, during the virus, Steve's mom, who had the virus, came to live with us for mm. a couple months so we could get her health back. So, um, and of course, everything was shut down, right? So that means there's no food unless... I'm fixing it, it. right? (laughs) See, nothing's wasted. Nothing was wasted. So I had to start cooking. So Steve and I opened Knut's Kitchen. That's what we named it. it. In our little house, we have Knut's Kitchen. So I would cook. Cute. I love it. Thanks to you, Wendy. It's been awesome. Well, you're taking in folks. I I don't know. You guys moving towards the assisted living business or what's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, right, right. So so here's the deal. You know, you you have had several breakthroughs in your life and you have followed Mm -hmm. the Lord since you were you were young and 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 to to um change the way you're praying now and all that. It's it's like it's such a a breath of fresh air, as you would say. Um, because it's like, oh, I can change my mindset today. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be stuck in this situation. Yeah. I don't have mm-hmm. to see this as, as what it is in the natural. I can see it as the supernatural. And God is in control, and He He sees the bigger picture. And I mm-hmm. I just see you um, 
growing in a greater space that way, Gay, mm-hmm. uh, just friend or friend here, but I'm talking about um, even in how you're showing up and not being the perfectionistic gay that <sighs> I know. I mean, you know, we mm-hmm. relate in that space. Mm-hmm. We're like, ah, the, the recovering perfectionist. <laughs> yes. So um, I just see you doing things that are outside the box. You're stepping into uh, kind of the unknown and you're like, here we go. Let's do this. And I think that that's what God wants for us. He wants us to step out in faith in all areas. And you're, you're just doing that. So um, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Every one of us need models uh, that we can relate to. And Wendy and I can relate to you. And I know there are people listening right now who are sort of bobbing their heads up and down in agreement. Yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. I need to get to this place of, of getting another mindset than the one that I currently have. And the beauty is that it, it's not so entrenched that it can't change. And you and I are, all of us are learning every day that you're never too old to learn something new. It's true. And especially when it's for the benefit of us, which is what God would have as we grow deeper. Right. And for the benefit of others, of others who can also be encouraged and, and given hope. Yeah. So um, for those listening, um, what is one thing most people don't know about you? And maybe they don't know you right now anyway, but something about you um, to the listeners that could be encouraging that um, that maybe, I don't know, just something that you've gone through. I mean, I know we're talking about breakthroughs here, but just something that people don't know about you, Gay. Uh, you that mean like is, a secret that you've yes, never shared before? Like a, like a secret. Public now with something yes. that nobody's ever known? Reveal it. Wendy, Reveal what kind it. of a question is that? Well, I don't know. It's one of our questions here, and I thought I'd ask it. Because <laughs> inquiring right. minds want to know. All right. Well, Gabe, go for it. What's something that uh, nobody uh, knows about you? Well, I, there might be a few who know this, but um, I only sweat out of one armpit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay, that is hilarious. Wow. Okay, that might be TMI, I, I but that is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's right. But okay. that's, yeah, um, um, no sweat glands in one of my armpits. So well, there's Did that. you ever try to figure yes. that out? Or I'm, I mean, just curious, have you ever explored that? Yes, they were removed. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not your armpits, yes, but, yes, your, but your... The sweat glands. The sweat so, glands. yeah, I mean, oh. really, I can't. Okay, so okay. did I just say that out loud? Yeah. Did, did yeah, I really did. just say that? Out? Okay. Okay, that's but I think, but, but one thing that I that people maybe don't know is I don't see myself as a courageous person. Mm. And I think sometimes when we have had successful careers professionally or when we have been speaking or when we have a, a, a presence that people know about, I think they believe that we were born with this little badge of courage. And mm-hmm. I don't have that. So when I step out, as you were saying, Wendy, which you know very well, um, I, it, it, uh, it, it's not from a place of courage. And I'm an mm-hmm. introvert. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, you put those two together and just let me stay here in my little, in my little world and I'm happy. But that's not what God has called me to do. No, and so to, if you're an introvert, people, and if you don't, if you're missing a pair of sweat glands in there, you can do this. <laughs> Just step out and do what God has called you to do. Yeah, there you so go. Hey, and Come guess on. what? Yeah, they won't see you sweating. Like that's if you right. need to go out and do public speaking, very great. true. See that there's a perk to that, gay. There is. You won't have there sweaty is. pits. <laughs> Yep. Let's just hope yep. we're not planting seeds for people to go check with their doctor. Can I have my sweat glands removed? <laughs> oh, oh, that's hilarious. Hey, let's, let's talk a little bit about your book, if that's okay, because uh, you, mm-hmm. it's not published yet. It's coming out soon. Is that right? Yeah. It'll be out okay. just in it. Probably by the time this airs, 
it should yeah. be available. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Yeah, and it's getting my ducks in a row and other stories of faith. So tell us a little yeah. bit about that book and yeah. um, of course title. the inspiration. And uh, I know that that the the cover and all that. I was a little bit involved in that, and it was so yes, much you fun were. Uh, to see it evolve. And so I know it's going to bless a lot of folks. So uh, share us a, you, a few stories. Did you ever look up the origin of where that phrase came from? Time to get your ducks in a row. I did not. I'm just oh, curious. Now we're going to have to go research. Well, something. now, yes. Google, go, 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 go. Exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, what happened? How did that? How did that come about? Well, from just like what we've been talking about, I have been realizing over the last year, I I fix, I control, I strive, but yet when people look at me, I don't think they would see me as a control freak. Mm-mm. But deep down inside, <laughs> I just and and it comes from a, a good place. I would like to believe it comes because I don't want people to hurt. I want to fix someone's problem. I want to make their life better. So just let me get in there and help fix it rather than saying, Lord, how do you want me to show up for my sister today? How do you Mm -hmm. want me to show up for my friend Wendy today? I I will just start doing. So when I think of that, what I am doing is I'm trying to get everything all fixed, all set, get my ducks all in a row so everything is perfect, and then we can move on to the next crisis. So it's getting my ducks in a row, and I realized I can't. They are never in a row. I think I'm. sometimes I get them in the same pond, and that's really cool. That's, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. can't get them all in a, in a row. And um, so that's what made me start thinking about all the different times in my life when I have tried to do that, and it hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And part of that, don't you think that getting your ducks in a row, um, it's because it involves people, and people uh, mm-hmm. make their own choices and it's free will. And it's like, Oh no, you were just in line. Now you got out. You know, <laughs> no, what's happened here? So, I had fixed you. Yeah, right. Don't mess it up. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. but there's people involved in, in, right. in our world and in our story. So getting ducks yeah. in a row. Um, yeah. I think that that's a refreshing to know that it's really not possible. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, the, there was, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just going to say that the God is in charge of getting everything in a right. row. We need to just put our hands off and, and surrender that, that thought. There was a moment um, a couple years ago that started my thinking about this. And it was when I was at the state fair here in Minnesota, the big Minnesota state fair. Which you used to work at. Let's talk about which, that because that's yes. cool. You've got a history there. Oh, yes. We've been going. My mom and dad were worked there for over 50 years every year during the state fair. We'd live in the camper for three weeks on the fairgrounds and love it, love it, love it. Well, I'd go to the state fair the last so many years with two of my girlfriends, Mary and Mary. And we were watching, we were at a grandstand concert at night with Frankie Valley. You remember Frankie oh, Valley in the 14th? Yes. High wow. falsetto. Well, you know, he greased the song Grease and Jersey Boys. He was in his mid 80s when we saw him. So he's been around a long time. But there was a lady sitting next to me and I I just call her Iris. And as we are, we're in the front row or one of the front rows looking up at the stage. And you know how just before it comes on, before the stars come on, the drum roll starts and the lights go down and you know he's going to come on stage. Well, this Iris next to me grabbed my arm and she said, there he is. There he is. And we looked back in the corner of the stage and we could see the silhouette of Frankie Valley. Mm. And she, now this woman, she follows him across country on his tour. She's a groupie. She's a groupie. She's yes. a groupie. She was so excited, it's but cute. she had caught a glimpse of Frankie Valley mm. and she wanted more. Mm. 
And I have thought about that moment many times thinking, when people look at my life, what do they catch a glimpse of? Mm. Do they see someone who is living in peace, who's calm, who is living faithfully, who joy exudes from her face? Or do they catch a glimpse of someone who is stressed and fretting and striving? Mm. And I've, I've thought about that. They want a, they want a, they catch a glimpse of us. Do they want more when they've seen that? I think of the verse, I've got it right here. Such a good story. Um, Philippians 2.15, go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air. Show, Give people a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Mm. Isn't that mm. what we mm. want? Mm. We want mm. to give people a glimpse of the living God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love so, that. We were just in our prayer chair this morning talking about um, holy like what is was it mean to be holy? Yeah. And I think what you just explained uh, is is about people capturing the the glimpse of of our holiness, right? Like we're yeah. we're blemished, we all sin, but mm-hmm. are I we think sometimes up? there's a misunderstanding that that holy means you're devout, pious, and sort of running around with a mm-hmm. sad look on your face and your hands folded. And uh, unlike the true meaning mm-hmm. of it, it just means to separate yourself from the things of the world that that corrupt us and that we don't like. And what you just described mm-hmm. in how we express ourselves is something that can be done if if we are really plugged in to the Spirit of God and the living Christ can show himself. But Gay, the reality is that today, someone who's listening is saying that that's like crazy. You don't know what I'm going through. Mm. And my feelings, my emotions aren't anywhere close to what you're, I'm going to put a smile on my face. I'm going to have this gentle attitude. I'm in a rage right now over this situation. How in the world do I get to that place? Because I don't even want to go see anybody because of what I'm displaying right Mm -hmm. now. Things are that bad. What's the starting point for that person? Mm -hmm. First of all, then stay in your house. <laughs> Don't go see anyone. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> because that's, this advice. isn't a good time to go <laughs> right. out. Yeah. But take a breath and pause. Mm. Find yourself, give yourself some space to be still and work through your own emotions. God doesn't expect us to always show up no matter what and be this breath of fresh air and this little ray of sunshine. There are times when we grieve yes. and hurt deeply. Mm-hmm. And then we need to grieve and hurt deeply. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to work through it, but we can't do it on our own unless we go back to studying what God says so that we know what promises he has made for us and we start talking to him differently. We will stay in that rage, that grief, that hurt, that anger. It starts with us making some choices. Mm, That's beautiful. Right. That's well said for wow, sure. That is freedom right Whoa. there, Gay. Thank you. That is because you've just given permission that mm-hmm. it's okay if you need to uh, just kind of work those emotions out first and get, get a different perspective as you go to God and read his word and start to plug in deeper. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And you truly are a breath of fresh air. I mean, that's what I'm feeling right now. Oh, no, she is. Are you kidding? Every time I think of gay, I smile. And hopefully you that are listening are smiling on the other end as you're hearing this podcast. Um, Gay, thank you so very much for sharing your heart and and being with us today. And, uh, you know, if you're listening and maybe you need a breath of fresh air and a way to start again, um, I invite you to download Gay's free ebook and you can find it at gaylinfors.com. That's G A Y E. L-I-N-D-F-O-R-S dot com. And it's called Finding a, a Breath of Fresh Air and 
a way to start again. Go figure. Mm -hmm. um, so you can also um, find that book on Amazon or on her website. So thank you, Gay. I know they will go and download that. We'll also have mm -hmm. that in the show notes. But gosh, thank you. What a word. What a thank word you. that we needed to hear today. And it offers hope. You. And uh, your breakthroughs are going to help someone else break through. So bless you, thank my friend. You. All Blessings. Right. Thank All right. you. Thanks for being on. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Oh my goodness. What a wonderful uh, show. You know, part, uh, part of, uh, part of this interview just brought me sort of under the gun. It did. Yeah. Convic How so? Conviction. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. man, I, I got a couple, I truly am as you are. Uh, we are control freaks, just <laughs> simply meaning we love to, we love to know that we can handle situations before they get out of control. And then before you know, I mean, it, we're getting better, but I think, I think but yeah, here's the deal. I think, I think, I think everyone has a little bit of control freak in them. Just well, a little bit. We they, don't like the, uh, the uncertainty, the, no, the unpredictability, the things that hit us blindside us. It's like the first thing you want to do is try to fix the thing that is bugging you so much, whether that's the person you're around or mm -hmm. the thing or the, whatever it is, the problem wants to be fixed. And the hard part is, uh, sometimes I think just, you just need to read the instructions. That's true too. <laughs> Which would be but, God's God's instructions. Well, that's okay. Right? That's a good point. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do a little drum roll there. Wait a minute, what was I gonna? That oh was a good. Did right, you hear good. that? We right. have sound effects oh, now. Oh my goodness! Don't even. <laughs> we got a little mixer with sound effects. Wendy's going crazy. On Come on! It, I want to push all the buttons. No, you're not gonna. <laughs> hey, Stop audio that. crickets. Okay. <laughs> So completely threw me off track. Yeah, I, I knew I was going somewhere really that. good with this, but when we try to fix things, okay, stop that. When we try to fix things and it's outside of our control, I love what Gay shared about mm. praying a little differently because the reality is we're always almost like begging God to fix the thing for us or help me get it fixed. And it's more like, what, how do you want me to show up mm -hmm. in the middle of this situation? The situation might be very temporary and it might be prolonged, but how does God want you to show up? in it. Does he want you to show up stressed, frustrated, anxious, impatient, angry, or showing up more surrendered, free, with a mindset that says, you know, uh, God is able even when I'm not. And at some point in time, this is going to get fixed. It's going to get worked out. Well, and the truth is, is that God is fixing us, right? True. So we are being pruned That's so we can flourish point. better. Yeah. And, uh, and, and grow in character. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, um, we just, uh, stay focused and, um, on him, like, like, yeah. okay, yeah. this, this is what we're walking through and I can't do it alone. And, you know, I, I can call people, they can give me some advice, but ultimately I just need to, to go to him for, yeah. for and, that full surrender. And we have to understand and really know deep down in our knower that God really is for you. He really does love you. He really wants to help you grow deeper on the inside and bigger so that you can relate more intimately with him and with others around you. Yeah. So encouraging words from Gay. Oh, and, so uh, good. So, so glad good. that you joined us. Oh, so I hope this uh, show blessed you. And if it did, please give us a, a rating and a review. And I uh, can't wait to see you on the next episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. But yeah. thanks for joining us and have an awesome day. Oh, and you know what? What? what, this, what? Wait, I have to pause. Okay, go ahead. This is Thanksgiving week. Oh, my I can't goodness. stop. Yeah. We, have to, well, we have to say a quick gratitude. They might be listening in July, you know. Well, okay, but if they're listening live time, <laughs> okay. we have to talk about quick gratitude and then yeah. we'll let you go. All okay, right. what are you grateful for? 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honestly grateful for people like Gay who can set such a great example and inspire. I really am. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Yeah, I am too. I'm grateful for, for Gay. I'm grateful for everyone's story. Everyone has a story, right? Mm-hmm. So be bold, be courageous in sharing that story because I'm just like you hearing Gay's and you were probably inspired and hope-filled. Your story could offer some hope and inspiration what to those around you. What are you most thankful for, Wendy? Uh, you, honey. Yeah, no, I am very. That's thankful. right here in the script. I wrote my it down son, for her. Right? Yeah. So what are you most thankful for, Wendy? <laughs> you know what? I'm 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 thankful for yeah. um, my new life in Christ, and that's that's the truth. And yeah. so, um, without getting all mushy, um, yeah. I'm just grateful I'm not the person I was. All right, so it's time God's to count grace. our blessings on yes. Thanksgiving. Yes, and every day. Yes. So, um, we appreciate you, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of Your Big Breakthrough. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment. And we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.